You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Monday, Monday, February 13th. As always, I am your host with sometimes occasionally, but I promise you, certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You can find me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. You can also find me at LO underscore Padres on Twitter as well, which is going to be very relevant for today, uh, especially, which we'll get into in a minute. Um, follow both of those accounts. You can also check out the YouTube, Lockdown Padres on YouTube, where you can see Tatis, my beloved little bobblehead buddy, and a link if you want to check him out. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. that's out of the way. Let me just also tell you, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook partner of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Definitely do that, guys, if you want some cool little bonuses and stuff. You know what I mean? We'll get into that a little bit later. But on today's episode, guys, I'm in a fun mood, believe it or not. It's the Super Bowl hangover show. That's what today's episode is. Let's be honest, and I know, don't worry, we're not talking football on today's episode, ladies and gentlemen. It's just that we're using it as a segue. I feel like after Sunday, I know everyone wants to talk baseball. Uh, Every baseball fan's like, all right, it's baseball season now. And I agree. However, 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 before we dive into stuff, because we're going to be doing more episodes now that we're closer to the season and football's over, I wanted to, yesterday, and I imagine that a lot of you listeners were watching the game. You were watching the big game, you're watching the commercials, you're with friends and whatnot, and what everyone's going to be talking about today, um, if you haven't heard already, was a really questionable holding call at the end of the game. And I imagine that if you're an Eagles fan, you must be frustrated. So I thought, let's talk about frustrating moments as Padres fans. This is going to be like a therapy, a a cathartic episode, I think. Or at least I hope for many of you out there. And we're going to use this by talking about, I sent out a tweet from the Lockdown Padres account, which is what you guys got to check out. What Padres moment made you feel like this? And for people who don't know... Um, it was a video of that tennis player that went viral last week who broke multiple tennis rackets out of rage and frustration. And I wondered, like, genuinely, and also because I knew that people might respond to it. Not going to lie. Come on, guys. Everyone wants engagement every now and then. I'm guilty of it just as much as anybody else. And I was curious what people were going to say. And there were so many different answers from listeners or people just who follow me or follow the Twitter account. That I was like, this could make for a fun little, like, episode. So I figured that's what we're going to talk about today. And also, my own personal moments that made me super frustrated as a Padres fan. And there are plenty of them. Look, I've been a frustrated sports fan for years. Um, for those who don't know, the literal only time I've ever had a team that won anything was the Yankees back when I was a Yankees fan back in the end, 2009, really. Um, and that was still, like, not even looking back, that wasn't that thrilling because everyone around me liked the Yankees. It wasn't, like, a cool thing, and I slowly became more disillusioned with them and not liking them, but... You know, I'm not going to talk about them a lot, don't worry, but the Chargers are my favorite football team, and then I've been a Chris Paul fan for basketball, and for those who know about Chris Paul, that's a frustrating experience, right? So, I thought, I wanted to talk about this, and with the Padres, I've had a few, for sure, moments that were really frustrating and made me want to smash multiple rackets. And I want to go through some of your replies, because there's so many different ones. So, and also, I I wanted to also say, 
I'm going to try and do more episodes like this where we try and incorporate some of your guys' thoughts and comments on the YouTube or replies on Twitter into the show. Maybe do some more mailbags going for it. I feel like that could be a lot of fun. But for today, we're doing this. So let's hurry up already. Gosh, taking so damn long to get into it. The first reply that I received was from Hunter Smith at hsmith044. I think it's zero, 044 on Twitter. Profar's check swing. And I wasn't familiar, and he said it was the NLCS versus Phillies. Can't remember which game. I do not remember which game my boy is talking about here. So my apologies, Mr. Hunter Smith. I vaguely do remember some check swing thing. I do. Um, I just don't remember what the, the, the situational like the situation was. Was it man on base? Were they down by only a little bit? I don't know. I do remember from the NLCS versus the Phillies, obviously the Josh Hader um, or not the Josh Hader, the Robert Suarez giving up the home run to Bryce Harper. Should they have brought in Hader? That was super frustrating um, for sure. But I do remember that that series was just kind of, you know, it, it just kind of got away from the Padres in a lot of ways. Um, and I don't remember if there was th- that one moment in particular aside from the Harper home run. But I do remember that in that series, it was frustrating that with a man on base, how does the Padres season end? It is a bunt attempt by Trent Grisham, which is as big a proof that you need that Trent Grisham can't really hit and they really have a lot of issues there. And then a first pitch foul, uh, not first pitch foul, a first pitch pop-up, like a winky dink pop-up from Austin Null. It's like, well, we if there was any hope, gone. You know what I mean? And that was really frustrating for sure. Um, but hey, Hunter, if I can ever find that clip, I imagine it was very frustrating. Nick Lee on Twitter says, at Nick Lee 51, 1999 to 2019 and then 2021 for most frustrating moments that make you want to break a tennis racket. A hundred percent. For me, every aside from 2021, which I talked about a whole lot on this show, the complete collapse, the fact that the Padres could not have anyone that was just okay, with the exception of maybe Manny Machado and Jake Cronenworth, Darvish regressed, Blake Snell couldn't get it going. Um, and when he finally did get it going, he gets hurt, right? Like Tatis keeps getting hurt. Like everything was just so inconsistent, bullpen blowing games. It was rough in 2021, especially in the second half. So I do agree with that. I do think the 2010 team, which was back before I really was a Padres fan, but when they had blown the big lead in the division to the Giants, I remember that being one of the times that the Padres were like in the news a lot as someone who is on the East coast for just completely choking a division. So that was a big one for sure. And the 2019 was was frustrating, but I don't think that there was, for me at least, um, as many super sky-high expectations. So I wasn't that thrown off by that uh, 2019. I know they weren't a very good team, even though they had Manny, and even though there were some expectations for sure, Chris Paddock was like, you know, rookie of the year contender, all that stuff. But for me, I was just like, hey, I, I think this is going to take time. I thought that it needed a little bit more time. So I wasn't that frustrated by 2019. But Nick has been a longer Padres fan than me, so I understand that. Um, uh, Pusha C, right, Carlos Cuevra, who's been a listener and replier on the podcast, who pitched at baseball, he said, when I got outrighted to AAA, which is very funny. <laughs> I'm sorry, Carlos. That's awesome that you clearly infinitely more talented than probably anybody listened to this podcast at baseball, but I'm sorry, my friend love to have you on the podcast someday, uh, for sure to talk about your big league experience or even triple a experience, whatever shout out to push a C at Carlos, wherever at 58 on Twitter. Um, Justin Yantis, H O S M E R Hosmer. Yeah. A hundred percent. And there's a lot of Hosmer, uh, responses to this question. Ladies and gentlemen, look, I have done a whole episode on Eric Hosmer. Um, go check that out. I really recommend it. 
I'm going to probably run it back at some point with my buddy Ryland Styles, do a 2.0 roast of Eric Hosmer coming soon. I don't know when exactly, but I've said many times it wasn't just that he was bad, right? Like I think there's, there's this big misconception that Padres fans hated a guy who just wasn't that good. And it wasn't that it was more than that. It was attitude. It was media. It was contract. It was the Padres being good and him leaving them behind. It's, it's all these lack of accountability, lack of talking to any radio show, like, you know, all sorts of things, right. That made Eric Hosmer so hated. I think it's San Diego. So, um, but I'm going to keep reading through some of those in just a second, ladies and gentlemen, before we get into more roasts of Eric Hosmer, I need to take one second to talk to you about a very important thing. Ladies and gentlemen, the midway point, Mm-mm, the midway point. That's right. Mm. Cause the NFL's done. I don't know if you guys heard football's done and baseball's just starting. But you know what's in the middle of things going on right now, man? It's, it's the NBA season. It's here. And now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained, everything. They got it all. You know what I mean? You want to bet on how many uh, games uh, Dylan Brooks is going to do something illegal to a player? You can't do that. Uh, You can't bet on that, but shout out Dylan Brooks. Uh, You can find anything, guys. If you want to bet on, you know, how many, how Mikael Bridges, how many points he's going to get now that he's the main guy in the Nets. Whatever you guys want to go check out, they've got you covered there. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet. Up to $1,000 of bonus bets when you go fanduel.com slash Locked on. That's fandle.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with Fandle, official sports betting partner of the NBA. <clears throat> Love that. Love that. Let's continue talking, ladies and gentlemen. And we're continuing with some of your responses. I'm going to start speeding up a little bit because I want to get to as many of you as possible because there was a lot of replies to this tweet. Um, Hosmer's misplayed grounder in Pittsburgh last year, being there in person and watching the replay review. Um, misplayed grounder. It's funny, like how many different misplayed grounders you can think of, but that one was really rough. That comes from duck Campbell at Yetis underscore SoCal on Twitter. That must've been rough in person, but man, that was rough. I I remember the one, and I think someone brings it up a little bit later when he didn't run to first base immediately and Kim threw the ball, but he, Kim couldn't throw the ball yet because Hosmer wasn't at first base. And instead he was like, waiting for the ball to be thrown like in football you know what i mean instead when it's baseball like you just run there plant yourself like multiple times of eric hosmer defense where it's like he doesn't know how to play first base very weird stuff um i have two from at not preller on twitter the padres padre i have two hosmer overrunning the ball in the first game of the 2018 season and losing to the astros yes that's a famous one look up eric hosmer bad baseball player or something like that on on YouTube. I believe it's like the first or second one. It is when he goes up, he looks for the ball, and then he goes and then he just goes down, looks down at his knees. He, he just falls de- decrepit and broken after that. Um, and the second one was having Scherzer and Trey Turner going to the Dodgers after we were told that we basically had Scherzer. That is one of mine. Um, that is one of my three, I'd say. I think the 2021 season as a whole is up there for sure. But, um, and, and that Cardinals series when Tatis and Manny got into a fight, that was really frustrating because that was like the perfect, like, you know, that was the image of the 2021 Padres season, basically. 
Um, Scherzer is one of mine too because of the fact that it was reported. Ken Rosenthal, I love him. Love the guy. He does so much good work. But it's really frustrating that the one time he ever missed was with Max Scherzer and the Padres and the fact that he goes to the Dodgers and the fact that they got Trey Turner as like that bonus little onion ring you get in your Happy Meal sometimes from Burger King or McDonald's, even though you ordered fries. And it's like, oh, cool, they just threw this in there for me. That's That was frustrating. Again, I still stand by it that um, Zimmerman over there um, was a sleeper agent for the Dodgers. I still stand by that. Um, next up, the start of the drama. Someone pouting in the dugout and a certain leader having enough of it. In reference to what I was just talking about, that's at Diego, or Tech N Diego, at Diego underscore G-W-E-I dot E-T-H. I believe that's a, is that, is that a NFT thing. I'm not totally sure. Shout out to Diego. You are right up uh, in point. That was really, really frustrating. Um, it was rough, and I think that Tatis was in the wrong there. I think Manny was in the right, and I think that what we saw happen to Tatis later on really proves even more that Tatis really needed some maturing to do, and he was making some really bad decisions. Um, not a heinous real-life decision necessary, but for the better of the team, just being young and dumb. And he's been the goober, as I call him. Um, he is He's still right here in the YouTube if you want to check out the bobblehead, but that is uh, for sure uh, up there for me. At Strife9AGB, Andrew B. on Twitter says, that one game where the Padres gave up six home runs to the Dodgers in the bottom of the ninth. Be perfectly honest, I don't know which one this is. It could be plenty of them. This might even be Jesus and Mero. If you guys know who that is, they wrote a book. And Mero, the kid bear on Twitter, you should find a very funny guy, was talking about when he quit sports betting. And he quit sports betting because he had this huge parlay. And six of the things went right, and he would have won like $40,000. And all the Padres had to do was hold on to like a five-run lead. This could be that game for all I know. I'm not totally sure, but hey, any giving up home runs to the Dodgers like that is rough. Um, Matt on Twitter, at mhalbert20, says, The early days of Petco. Man, those games were brutal to watch. Yeah, I joke a lot about how Seth Smith was like my favorite, like somewhat obscure hipster favorite Padre. Yeah, and he was one of the best ones, literally. <laughs> like, I say that as a joke, but he literally was one of the more effective, like, Pre-2018, 2019, when they start, you know, gathering some players and whatnot before Preller comes in. Probably one of the, like, 10 or 15 best offensive players the Padres have had in a few years, which is crazy. <laughs> it's just crazy. He had, like, a two and a half, like, F4 or something like that. But he, whatever. Shout out to Seth Smith. Um, CJ Good on Twitter, at Aiden's Heart, said, The Bradley Sunday. Going to be perfectly honest with you, I'm not totally sure what you speak of here. Uh, if people want to call me a fake fan, no problem. Um, not totally sure what you're talking about, but you're probably right. Um, Keith Demholder, hopefully I said that right, on Twitter, at Keith Demholder, any Hosmer defensive error, agreed. I think the one that I talked about with Kim is up there for me. Um, I think the one where he, if you're watching on YouTube, the one where he reaches his glove out and like turns around and we thought the game was going to end, it was really, he just doesn't hold on to the ball, even though it was a pretty rocket-like throw. Like, it was fine. He just doesn't hang on to it. That was annoying. Under the legs, all sorts of stuff. I mean, man, just really rough stuff. Again, if you want to look up bad Hosmer stuff, just Google. Someone made a great edit. Eric Hosmer is the worst player in baseball is the name of the video. So go check that out. The entirety of the Murad Burns era from CG on Twitter with two circles, a brown and yellow one, of course, have to do that. At UCSB Gacho, 
Wacho. I don't know how to say that exactly. Um, Attack through the Burns era. Yeah, that stunk. That really stunk. And it is really nice to see that we're past that. Um, Chris on Twitter, at FighterTownUSA, says, after Tatis was suspended, honorable mention the 98 World Series. Um, look, the 98 World Series was frustrating. I mean, I was two years old, so I can't talk from it as much as many others probably can. But in fairness about the 98 World Series, which was one of the best Padres teams ever, um, aside from maybe 84, maybe I think 96 was pretty good as well, um, and maybe, maybe a little bit of the 06 team, the Yankees were a buzzsaw. Like, no one was beating the Yankees back then, in my opinion. So it is frustrating, um, because especially with the Trevor Hoffman blown save, like, it is frustrating, I get it, but at the same time, I am someone who tries to just keep my heart rate normal and realize, hey, the Yankees were really good, so it's not as big of a thing to me. Clev as a person, and in the playoffs, and Hosmer, uh, says Quacked on Padres at Quacked on Padres. First of all, incredible name. Shout out to you, sir. Um, former firefighter slash EMT for California. Apparently says this profile. Shout out to you, my guy. That's awesome. Um, Clev is a person. Yeah, uh, not going to get too deep into that, but very happy he's off the team. And in the playoffs, that was my second one. First one being the um, the the Max Scherzer thing. Second one being Clevenger in the playoffs. Mania in that game as well against the Phillies. The fact that he couldn't go in and get one out. I remember tweeting, Mike Clevenger went in and said, I'm going to prove all the doubters right. And that was so frustrating. One, He couldn't get one out. One out. And it was frustrating. And it turns out he's a crappy person too. So there you go. At C. Mill S. Stu? I don't know how to say your name, my guy. I'm sorry. Um, at C. Mill Stu 19 on Twitter says, Hosmer dropped infield pop-up versus Astros 2019. Yep. Talked about that one already. 100% rough. And the fact that it was a game winner too. Um, Bebo Soto Machado Zanbo, <laughs> DV Min 98. Incredible name, man. I was in DC watching them play the Nats in August. The news of Tatis' suspension came through just as we got to our seats. My son and I almost vomited. I came, I went to DC that weekend too. And I was in the car with my friend and I nearly had a heart attack. Not really. But I, I was like, oh my God. And he doesn't follow baseball, so he didn't, he doesn't know everything. But when I told him the news, even he knew. That's how big. Tatis is, which is why I can't wait for him to get back next year. But he was like, no way. Like, we freaked out. We went to the game after that, my friend. So, like, we were living with it, too. We understood it. But that must have been even worse, that you're in the seats and you're like, hey, this is awesome watching Soto. We're also going to get to see the El Nino, but it turns out we didn't. Um, what else we got here? We got some dropped catches. More coming through. Zachary Shelton on Twitter at MovieFanZ1720. The only one that comes to mind is the Tatis situation. If he was in the lineup, I think we could have gotten to the World Series, and who knows what could have happened. Hey, I get that. But also at the same time, the Padres did still almost get to the World Series. It would have been great to have another MVP bat in the lineup, certainly. But hey, I mean, this is a big sport. This isn't like in some other sports where one guy completely changes everything. Um, the Padres still played really, really well, and I think they deserve a lot of credit for making it as far as they did. DJ Iverson. Another uh, person I see on Padres Twitter quite a lot. Shout out to you, good sir. Um, Hosmer, simply put. Yep, 100% agreed. Um, Charlie Utter on Twitter, at Deadwood1888, says Bob Melvin's management of all three playoff games in Philly last year. That's an interesting one. That's an interesting one. Before we talk about it, though, and keep keep going down memory lane, the bad memory lane, we have to do like a favorite Padres memory 
uh, podcast at some point. Um, but before we continue, guys, let me just talk to you about something very, very yummy. You know, this is not as rotten as Bob Melvin's management or as rotten as some other upcoming ones, including some stuff against the Dodgers that I can't wait to talk about. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're looking for a delicious treat, but don't all, want all the fat and calories, then you gotta try a Built Bar. They're really great. Look, I've been doing healthier. I've been using an exercise bike every day for the past three weeks. Hopefully I can continue it. And I look at my calories and everything and I wanna make sure, all right, let me let me be healthy. But every now and then, man, you, you get that sweet tooth. Well, Built Bars, they will satiate that sweet tooth appetite. They will. They will. They will. Trust me. They've done it for me many times before. They're covered in 100% chocolate, which is awesome. And they come in unbelievably flavorful flavors. You want churro? You want peanut butter brownie? Coconut almond? Cherry barcia, my personal favorite? They got you covered. And they're probably going to have new flavors come out too. That's what's so great about them. Always new stuff. And here's the big, here's the big winner right here. Here's the zinger. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with 17 grams of protein, ladies and gentlemen. How fantastic is that? And now, you don't need to wait around to get a box for years. We've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com, and now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. This isn't just an online thing. So at the store, just keep it in mind. Go check out them Built Bars, man. I'm telling you. Double chocolate, cookies and cream. Really good stuff, guys. Really good stuff. So go check out Built Bar at Built.com or your Walmart for those big old boxes to satiate that sweet tooth appetite. It's really good stuff, guys. Go check it out. And we keep it moving on this whole, this not yellow brick road, but like vomit brick road. I don't know. What would it be? Vomit brick road or yellow brick? I don't know. I don't know exactly what it'd be. Like, I don't know what color it would be, you know? And I'm afraid that if I, if I said like another color that it would have been kind of offensive so i want to be careful that nobody clips that one part out <laughs> you know what i mean anyway guys nick on twitter at baseball nick at baseball nick nic 25 says 16 in a game versus dodgers yes yes this would be if i had three i've already said the clevenger thing scherzer um trade this would have been my honorable mention um because you know i do this podcast like every day and having to stay up until 4 a.m and for the Padres to waste an excellent start with Blake Snell and not take him out when they should have, by the way. He was going way too deep into the game. He threw a ton of pitches. And Jace Tingler, for some reason, did not take him out of the game. And you know, look what happened. And it was a disaster. And he gives up that home run to Will Smith. No, the other one. And it was just super frustrating. And then for them to just be unable to drive in a runner. This is still zombie runner on second base unable to bring anyone home, and the Dodgers take the lead with a run, and then Tatis ties it, because of course he does, with a mammoth shot, which was cool, but not gonna lie to you guys, part of me was like, alright, you better win now, you know what I mean, because I am miserable staying up this late, and then they end up giving a ton of runs up, that was rough, I agree, I was just too tired to slam my racket on the floor, uh, you know what I'm saying, um, next up, Mateo, at Rotinage, Rotina. Jay, I don't know how exactly to say it. 10, Mark Langston, right down the goddamn middle. Is there anything else that needs to be said? Anything? No, I don't think so. Uh, you Fryer, at Radio Fryer. Not enough characters. <laughs> totally reasonable. I get that. Um, at Coach, or no, Coach Dan, at Dan Keeling 7 on Twitter, says Goose Gotch is pitching to Kirk Gibson, 1984 World Series. Very famous. 
um, from what I was looking at the documentary, you know, just really wild that they decided to let him continue pitching. That hasn't aged well at all. Slightly similar vibes to younger fans, maybe, as Matt Harvey for the Mets in the 2017 World Series, I think, or 2015. Uh, demanding to stay in and then giving up the runs to the Royals. So that one's up there for sure. And I also famously just do not like Goose Gossage. I've always thought he is the epitome of the old man yells at clouds type of player, and he was annoying, and I hate what he says about the game every time he talks about it. Uh, so part of me was almost like, yeah, of course it was him. You know what I mean? Um, the Hotch. Hotchalicious. Hopefully that's how you say it. On Twitter it says, when John Moore's got Petco Park, and then drafted Matt Bush over Justin Verlander. Yeah, I can't... I don't even think I was baseball sentient at the time. I think I was growing up, and the only thing I knew about baseball was that I liked Derek Jeter around this time, maybe, and that I liked Brett Gardner around this time. Um, So I can't speak to what the draft vibe was. You know what I mean? I don't know if this was, like, a crazy pick, and that Verlander was, say, you know, uh, the, the Zach Wilson of this draft where it's like, why is this guy going up in the rankings or I'm sorry, why did Matt Bush is Matt Bush, the Zach Wilson of this draft? I don't totally know, but it is frustrating. The only thing I will say is drafts can always be weird. You never know how they're going to go. Some will shake out. Some won't, you know, the James shield thing happens, you know, and that's, that's just how it goes sometimes. So for me, drafting players in baseball, especially hard for me to get, make that the most frustrating thing, at least usually. Um, Matthew at 15 underscore MRH says Tati suspension. Agreed. This one I really liked. Jay on Twitter at Jeremy Kristoff. Mookie's catch in 2020. You just felt all momentum shift. This was a really good one. This was in 2020. I believe, or was it 2021? I don't remember. I think it was 2021. It was the first time the Padres played them and it had been set up to be like the next big rivalry. There was a vibe about it. Like, God dang it. And it's for me that was so frustrating because the Red Sox gave him away, you know. And as someone who grew up a Yankees fan and hates Boston, like, of course, I can literally shift my team allegiances to across from where I live, and I'm still being haunted in a lot of ways by the Boston Red Sox. So that was really rough. A hundred percent agree, man. Uh, Jay, you're on the money. Uh, that one, there was something about it that just took away the momentum. I. It might have, was it Grisham or was it Manny that hit the ball too? I don't remember who it was that hit it. It was an outstanding catch by Mookie. And believe it or not, probably the most emotion any Dodgers player has shown, to be honest. Mookie bets in that moment, with the exception of Kershaw after he's lost. Probably the greatest, like, most hype show of emotion. A little bit of a shot at the Dodgers there. Anyway, um, a bald eagle guy at Rod and, and Tots says... Most Hosner things plus the Tatis news. Agreed. Steven Montalango, Montalongo, my apologies, man, um, says the 1993 fire sale by Tom Warner. I wasn't around for that, but I imagine that must be frustrating because they weren't, you know, I don't know where they were exactly, but hey, um, at least they did make the World Series and start becoming a good team just three years later. So that would be my response to that. But hey, I mean, I imagine at the time that must be frustrating. Um, Greg RV on Twitter, I see a Puerto, or is that a, no, it's a Cuban flag, I believe. No, flag of Puerto Rico and flag of the Philippines, I see, my man. Sorry, it's hard to view the the flag sometimes from really far away when you're doing a podcast. He says, Clev plus Manaya. agreed. The fact that they couldn't just be okay, maddening. And I forgot to talk about before, 
my apologies to whoever said this first. Um, let me see if I can find it again. But the way that Bob Melvin managed the series, I do think deserves a lot of criticism. The reason it's not up there for me is because, while yes, I think it was ridiculous that they didn't start Martinez, who had shown that he was on a roll, and you trusted Clevenger and Manaya to come in. Clevenger, who the velocity dipped, everything was bad about him. All bad vibes. I can understand Manaya a little bit, you know, because Manaya, maybe you think you like the matchup, maybe you think his sinker to kind of work against Philly, okay? But the the fact that you didn't start Martinez, I think, was pretty inexcusable. But it's not it's not high up for me just because, in fairness, Philly, really good offensive team, and more so, look, he's part of the reason they got there in the first place. This is a team that went from collapse to beating two 100-win teams. So I can't be that mad. Um, Dave Shoji, at Dave Shoji on Twitter, says, The signing of you, Darvish. We'll see how that one ages, but no, that absolutely isn't up there. I have, again, I'm on the record. I was okay with the signing, didn't love it. Um, FTG's, FTJ's training wheels, drafting Matt Bush. Yep. Carlton Hutchinson says the 2-2 pitch by Langston and Martinez in the 98 worth World, uh, World Series, strike three. Yeah, you guys got to go look that up. I remember looking this up when I was looking back at some old stuff um, about the Padres. This one was ridiculous. Um, Father Joe's Friars says that Harper Homer in game five. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I was waiting for someone to bring this up, this next one. And this is also one of the times when, as a non-Padres fan at the time, barely even a baseball fan at the time, that I didn't, I wasn't aware of, or that I was even, even I heard about it. That's what's so remarkable. Matt Holiday not touching home plate. Obviously, the Rockies end up going on a crazy run after that. That's really frustrating that he never touched home. And it's a good example of why replay does belong in sports, even if we do get a little bit carried away with it sometimes. Uh, Mike Nix, uh, Turtle Knows Best, which is just incredible at. Thank you, my friend. He said, Mike Clevenger, playoffs, zero outs. Yep. Padre Slammers, Sierra 1959 says Tatis PEDs. I I don't know if it was totally PEDs. I think that the hottest take that I have in existence is I don't know what PED means. Um, I know that they have a classification for what literally qualifies as that. But you want a hot take? You want a hot take for you? Is taking like an Advil performance enhancing? You know. You get rid of your headache. You feel a little bit better. That probably helps perform better. Just saying. Just saying. No, that's that's one of my like dumb takes. But I'll stand by it if you bring it up on Twitter as a bit. Uh, um, the last two couple people. Um, James the Great says, at Music 23 not walking Bryce Harper. Agreed. I think that you either walk him or you bring in Hater. Um, Suarez had already gone one inning at that point. I know you want to save your bullpen, but this is also, if you lose this game, you're out. Not walking him, he'd been the hottest player we'd seen. This is like Randy Arozarena from a few years ago. This is David Freeze in, uh, in that World Series. Like, It's incredible uh, that they didn't walk him. I don't know what they were doing. Mr. Robot says signing Eric Hosmer. And then lastly, Corey Moore says those stupid, that's what's in, guys. <laughs> KUSI. I was surprised only one person put this. Um, that video people still respond to me and roast me uh, with it. It's still hilarious. Like there's been some funny memes where like they do the tier list of like worst teams. This is the one that I saw recently where it was like worst, worst and best teams, S tier, B tier, trash tier talked about too much. And then there's one with the Padres that says that's what's in tier. 
It was so dumb. Yeah, I knew we were in trouble after that, too. I'm not going to lie. Um, but there was also some quote tweets that I forgot to read uh, in response to this. Um, at Amethyst64, at Roy542Uray on Twitter. Some of y'all have some weird names. Uh, weird at names, I mean. At names. My youngest brother used to always do this when he lost, so I always just let him win with me. It was never about winning but being allowed to play, and I would do anything for a quiet life. Yeah, I get that, man. None, says Trip Great on Twitter. Either way, you're in San Diego, paradise. I appreciate that. A positive outlook on things, man. I'm in New Jersey, so I can't relate, but shouts to all you that are living in San Diego. Um, Bernard Woolley said losing the wild card in game 162 through the Rockies in 2007, losing the division to the Giants at the end of the 2010 season, as I was alluding to earlier, as someone, Matt Holliday and the Padres losing this, the division, as someone who wasn't connected to the Padres, even I heard about those things. Absolutely nuts. Um, Andy at Awesome Andy says, my entire life. <laughs> uh, Fernando on the Mountain, last one says, when I brought my child to FanFest, stood in line for two hours and didn't get an autograph because it was actually a line to the bathroom. <laughs> I'm sorry to laugh, man, but that's just, it's funny because it's so different than what everybody else responded with. You know, uh, that's pretty, that's just... That's incredible, my man. That must stink, though, uh, to realize that. Um, I don't know if this that was this recent fan fest, because that really stinks because of how great they are. Especially, I imagine that must have been really exciting for you um, and your son um, or daughter. You didn't specify. Um, that That's just, that's rough. <laughs> really rough, man. I feel for you. Um, yeah. Yeah, again, you guys had great responses. Um, I really enjoyed doing this. This was a lot of fun. I hope you guys enjoyed hearing me just talk about the misery of some Padre stuff. I think that some other things I'd like to add are, these are a little bit weird, a little bit uh, tricky, tricky wiki. Um, I'd say the Philly fans, not Philly fans, the Dodgers fans really getting up. And this is like true. This is not just like random people on Twitter, like media folks, people who cover the Dodgers, like bragging a lot about sweeping the Padres in the 2020 season. And... My issue with that was, all right, look, yeah, they swept us, and congrats, I guess. You finally figured out not to blow, how to not blow a playoff series in a truncated 2020 season. Congratulations to the LA Dodgers for that. The fact that they're bragging that the Padres, they managed to beat a team that they should have won who didn't have their first and second starters. That's number three for me on most frustrating things. Uh, Max Scherzer trade, Mike Clevenger not getting any outs, and then how the Dodgers fans were acting. It just drove me up a wall. Like, really, guys? That's like Philadelphia Phillies, or Philadelphia in general behavior, where you know the Philly fans are like, lately they've been like taking credit for Brock Purdy tearing his UCL. Like, hey, that's what happens with our pass rush. We're that good. As if that logic shouldn't also postulate mean that you should have also done that to like 18 other quarterbacks should have torn their UCL then. Because that's how many games you played, you know what I mean? They had a great pass rush, so everybody that has a great pass rush is able to injure the other quarterback like that? It's absurd. It's absurd. Uh, yeah, so that was mine. And yeah, you guys gave a lot of great answers. Um, a lot of frustrating stuff. But I want to conclude by saying, remember where we are now, and remember that no matter what happens, the fact that they're, you're following a team that was better compared to the Oakland A's and hoping that prospects would become Superman and would never spend all that much money on Chase Headley or even a guy like, I don't know, Tyson Ross, or even a guy like, 
you know, once upon a time, the Robert Suarez thing would be the only big contract that they'd given out. Look where we are now. And I think that that's really fantastic that you can look at all these frustrating moments, but still the fact that they are a fixture, the fact that Mikel Bridges is going out here and taking Manny Machado's little, you know, uh, head nod thing that he does with the Padres and taking that as his own three point celebration. Now the Padres are cool, not just good. There's good teams. Dodgers are good. Brewers have been good before. You know, the Cleveland Guardians have been good before. Yankees are good. All sorts of teams. They aren't as cool, though. And you know what, guys? Cool is cool. And cool is fun. And we should be really happy about that. And I think this season's going to be a blast filled with more good memories than frustrating break-your-tennis-racket memories. And I hope you join me along the way to, I don't know, appreciate them and this wonderful sport that we love. With that all being said, ladies and gentlemen, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever your podcast is from. You can also follow me on Twitter at Javipeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, or at L-O underscore Padres. Check out both of those counts. Check out the YouTube Lockdown Padres with the Tatis bobblehead. And uh, yeah, man, cool stuff ahead. We'll talk more stuff tomorrow and what's coming on future episodes got a lot planned out but remember as always stay safe and of course stay faithful